Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast. Here we go. When I say, where are you going, Joss? Here we go. You know, out of the room. As soon as I say, here we go, you can't just turn and start running out of the room. <laughs> the tickle bowl hit you? I'm not sure how long you're going to have me here tonight. The Tika Bowl is hitting hard. Is that two Ks? Yeah. Tika. <laughs> two Ks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the to the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Get it while you can. We're not sure how long we have Joss tonight. Is it the Tiki Lounge or the Tika Lounge? It's the Tika Bowl. <laughs> That's, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to And lounge. you went with the spicy, which is just going to be a... Whole something thing. to contend with. So I'm hoping to, and not to mention once we start hitting this over here, I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, it'll be. It's kind of an experiment. It'll be fun to see what happens. It's like putting a Mentos in the, in the down the neck of a Pepsi bottle. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be fun. To, we'll have to keep an eye on Joss. Never fear. The lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the lab as a beacon to all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home. And if you've found your way here tonight, you found your way to webisode number 27, which is uh, recorded January 27th in the year 2027. Oh, no. Fuck. The last part's not. But anyway, there's a couple 27s in there, (laughs) and that's pretty cool. We'll take it. Right? That's something. I mean, two out of three. If we were numerologists... How often does this happen? Probably not that often. <laughs> we're probably not going to do another 27th episode on a 27. I'll tell you that right now. It's not likely to happen. So, it's all sorts of a special night tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have Pat Keen yes. back in the lab oh, tonight. Here we go. Makes it all that much more special. And, uh, and we have a very, very special bottle of bourbon. Boys? What do we got? So tonight we're going to do the bullet. And I got to be honest, I've never heard anybody like I've never been to this distillery. I I uh I've never heard anybody actually say it out loud. I've always just assumed it was bullet, but I've already I've also heard it pronounced boulet. Oh, please. It's bullet, right? Yeah. So tonight we're drinking bullet bourbon barrel strength. This is a a pretty new release. Uh, of theirs, and I noticed something tonight, which is very interesting to me, because I've, I've, this isn't my first bottle of Bullet. Um, I never noticed before that on the bottle, it's a beautiful bottle, nice embossed. I mean, that's not a cheap bottle, and on it it says Frontier Whiskey. I never noticed the Frontier Whiskey part. In fact, I thought that this barrel strength was like a, a different, like the Frontier Whiskey was like a thing. It's not that Frontier Whiskey is on all Bullet bottles. And I never noticed that before. They didn't do anything special with the definition or anything. Like. No, it's you know, I, yeah, Frontier Whiskey. It's their own, you know. It's, uh, uh, but, they, but it also says it. bourbon, so it's obviously got a bur- bourbon designation. It's got a bourbon mash bill, you know, over fifty-one mm. percent corn, or at least fifty-one percent. So, this is uh, this is their bullet. Uh, the the barrel strength is what makes this their new re- newer release. You you always uh, struck me as a frontiersman. Right, I've got that can-do attitude. Yeah, well, live off I mean, the land. Mountain, Mountaineer, West Virginia. Right, well, right, there you right. Okay. Mountaineers, you know, Montini, something siempre libre. Mountaineers are always free, is what I meant to say. Anyway, that's the, that's, course, a, that's a motto of, of course, some kind. Th- this mountaineer lived in a $400,000 house. But. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, I'm going to edit that part out. Okay, so 
So this is bullet <laughs> barrel strength. What that means, uh, again, is right out the barrel. There's no water in it. It says it right on the bottle, uncut. So it's at the strength they took it out of the barrel at. This is batch number six. And it is coming in at... Oh, there we go. 58.3%. 116.6 proof, boys. So uh, let's give her a cork pull. Jer, real quick. The bottle, it looks like they only fill it up about 90% of the way. That's for you safety. Know, yeah, that's... Is that know, for safety? No, I, I did a thing with what's called... I burped the bottle earlier uh, just to make sure that it was... Okay. Here, let's pull the... Uh, yeah, I had a taste. Oh. I had a little taste. I had a, my daily dram. A snootski. I had right. a snootski. You already saddled up. <laughs> Here, let's give it a pull. Just a capper for the drive. Yeah. It's a well, nice tight pull, so I want you to get a good one. Oh. Okay. Pass her around. Oh. I mean, the, the amount of action these glasses have gotten in the last 27 uh, weeks. I actually just got some new fantastic glasses for the lab, which are for my beautiful niece, Lisa. So thank you very much, Lisa. We, we're uh, we're going to get those glasses in rotation. Family hey. is everything, isn't it? I'll tell you, and, and this Kentucky whiskey uh, bourbon, right next door to where you went to college. So is there an affinity for that region? Oh, absolutely. For you that you so, don't know yes. about or do know about it? I don't know. Very, very, yeah, oh, absolutely. That whole Appalachian region um, is where whiskey tradition, American whiskey tradition is, is born. And as we've spoken about before in the past, that's because primarily... Um, as we know, uh, whiskey tradition is tied very closely to Ireland and, and Scotland. And the Scotch-Irish are the people that inhabited the Appalachian region. In fact, was, again, I've mentioned before that what we have taken to be the, the West Virginian twang and that kind of that's, that accent from that area is what happens to the Irish accent when it goes up into the hills and marries its cousin. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> so... Um, so yes, there is there is an affinity for for Kentucky whiskey in West Virginia, and as you know, I mean, yeah, Kentucky and, and West Virginia share a border. So, and then was that Hatfield and McCoys? Were those the two states? Hatfields yeah. and McCoys lived on opposite sides of the very border. Yeah, yeah I just mentioned one was uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to try, but one's one one's one and one's on the other. So, all right, let's give this a uh, some 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 nose. What are you getting it's, on the nose? Strong. Oh man, that a lot be, of oak. My, my nose hair's yeah. gone. I mean, obviously the. Are you getting you now, Josh? When you say that, you, a, a term that I think we've used a lot on the show is alcoholy. Are you getting a very alcoholy? I, I got my first sniff was alcoholy. I'm getting yeah, obviously. I smell a little orange. Mine was my first sniff was alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me read you a little bit about it while you guys take your first couple sips. All right, here we go. Distilled in Kentucky from the highest quality ingredients, this new variant is a barrel-aged strength... Again, this is coming from Bullet's website. This new variant is a barrel-strength version of Bullet Bourbon with the same high rye mash bill, which you're definitely getting that. There's where the peppery... Yeah, peppery. Green. Bullet Barrel Strength won Best Straight Bourbon and received a double gold medal from the 2018 San Francisco World Spirits Competition, as we've spoken about before. That's kind of like the big dog. Right. It's the World Series, San Francisco. And earned a score of 92 at the 2017 Ultimate Spirits Challenge, continuing Bullet's history of sharing award-winning whiskeys. Uh, the barrels selected to create Bullet Barrel Strength were emptied and combined into a single batch without the inclusion of any additional water, and the whiskey was removed from the barrels. 
Aged and bottled at Stitzel Weller in Louisville, Kentucky, this new offering allows bartenders and fans a great whiskey, the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. It's good shit. So, what do we get on the notes? Uh, let's see, uh, tasting notes. So, what do we get? We, you said a little orange, 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 uh, you nailed orange or peel? Uh, I'm okay, orange peel, pepper, which right? I can't claim. You, right? that, a little now more you said peel that, it's definitely... than, than, the, than the meat. Right. How about you, Pat? I, I would say if 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 metal or glass needed cleaning, this tastes and smells like it could really cleanse <laughs> in a, uh, a surface. But in a good way. In a good way. Like <laughs> I mean what's funny yeah. is we calculated at what, hundred and sixteen point something? Yeah. It says here that generally the A B V on these vary in batch uh, range from hundred and twenty to hundred and twenty five. So we got a low proof batch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It is excellent. Return it. Hundred and twenty five being the highest proof that it can be and still be called bourbon. Mm. What does it become after that? Uh high like whiskey. Ethanol. Yeah, ethanol. <laughs> Seriously. I tell you what, it, there are two things. Uh, this is not what you'd want to drink on a first date. No. It's very, very oaky. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like sucking oak. And not Oklahoma oaky. I no, mean, no, like, no. No, no. <laughs> winds aren't riding down the plane. You know, in the old days, in the cowboy days or whatever, I mean, to get drunk, you had to work for it. You had to earn it. You had to drink this. You didn't. There wasn't cosmopolitan. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's Vodka, what you cranberry. Had showered right, in no. days. Yeah. I mean, think of like your butt must have itched uh. like a son of a gun. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, and like whole. So there wasn't a and, mojito yet. Yeah. And anytime yeah, yeah, you no walk mojito. into a saloon, they're like, "What'll I get you?" You're like, oh, "I guess I'll have a whiskey." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, drinking and whoring, and I'm thinking, God, can you imagine the muff on those broths? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet stunk. Okay, let's get it. Let's put it out there right now. They stank. It's true. They did. Oh, my God. All right, it but this really this doesn't. I mean, this is... Uh, this is it's delicious. I yeah. mean, and again, as we've said in the past, especially the higher proof you go, um, the first couple sips are always going to be jet fuel. Bernie. Right, you, but as your your mouth kind of acclimates, right, um, you'll start to be able to appreciate some of the more subtle notes. There's a nice layer. It just yeah, right I, as I, it kind of as getting, that burn subsides yeah, a little bit. And kinda, as you, it's not a not a cream, but a smoothness like after the first. There's little a little bit. like vanilla. No, there is definitely, and that speaks um, a lot to even just mouthfeel and not even mm. flavor. Yeah, right, and that that's in 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 processes. And in there, I mean, lipids and and things that are happening in the alcohol itself. Um, not all whiskeys have that, and that's uh like in in Tennessee, um, the the Lincoln County process, which is something we've discussed, is mm -hmm. another thing that you get out of that is a really really good mouthfeel. Again, limestone water. Yeah. This doesn't have any water in it, but the original ferment was water-based. So the water, I mean, this is still, obviously it's alcohol, but it's, it's whatever, it's 106, it's 53% alcohol, the rest is water. And that water um, is very, very good water. And yeah. all of that really, really sensuous mouthfeel comes from the water. Wow. Say that again. Sensuous mouthfeel. Ooh, thank you. Sensuous mouthfeel. <laughs> so, um, okay, so uh, uh, let's give it a couple uh, tastes and smells, though, because I want to read the notes from the from the website. Uh, we got we got the the um, the orange peel. We've got um, maybe Mouth. a creaminess, yeah. creamsicle. Not a mint, but like kind of a I don't know, evergreen, but not mint. Okay. I don't know if that 
you know, okay. kind of like pine. pine. Yeah, there you go. Is there a smokiness, or is that just me? You guys no, are more there experienced. Is. There's I, absolutely I like there's a smokiness. smokiness. Okay, yeah. so bullet barrel strength is medium amber in color with gentle spiciness and sweet oak aromas. Definitely. I mean, right off the bat, the oaks, obviously, first mm-hmm. thing you smell. The mid palate is smooth oh. with tones of maple, oak, and nutmeg. The finish is long, dry, and satiny. And I will tell you, it is extremely dry. Um, in fact, I could use like a water chaser, and we're going to all wake up feeling like we sucked on a barrel. Um, but it's it's good. Long, dry, satiny. Satiny. Yeah. Very satiny. interesting. That's kind of your, your smoothness yeah. right there. The finish is long, dry, and satiny with a light toffee flavor, but with deepened oak notes. I mean, the oak is through and through. I mean, yeah. that's predominantly the flavor I'm getting is, is oak. Because bullet barrel strength is being bottled straight from the barrel, uncut and unfiltered, the ABV will vary, vary like I said, oftentimes as, as high as 125. So, good stuff, high proof, very, very oaky, super dry. If you rub a little bit of this on your chest, th- this could take the place of a VIX. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, well put, well said. Uh, it, right? it opens up every um, Every sip you take, you can go another two hours without wearing a mask. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it's like funny. it's 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 mouth sanitizer. <laughs> it really is. It, it, if you ever get pulled over, if you if we had if you had one sip of that, the, your breath, you'd be really hard pressed to tell an officer you only had one sip of something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, I mean, having him having him buy that. Yeah, you'd be telling the truth, but there's no way it's getting. <laughs> you I mean you're doing the test? The packaging too. I've always when I'm in a liquor store. Whether I'm buying liquor or not, I see that bottle, and I love that bottle. I love that look. I love the coloring. Tapered. It's got very, very nice lines. Like I said before, that is not a cheap bottle. That's not bulk glass. Yeah. Right. Um, even the label. See how the label is uh, is is kind of Broken. slanted. That's extremely difficult. Like if you're gonna if you want to get that the same every single time. Um, to nail that, I mean, that's obviously... Oh, is that by design, that slant on yeah, the label? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Which is, is tricky and not easy to execute every single time. What like does that. this go for versus the standard bullet? So it's like a $58 bottle, mm. $58, $60 bottle. And would you say the same, like the, the regular cut bullets, about Probably, 30 I don't know, 40 yeah. 40 something so I mean, yeah, uh, it's not again. This isn't, and I I, I read... Well, it's, sometimes it's I'll say this is a $30 delicious. bottle. It's especially like, deli- delicious for that price. Right? Right. right. Like I was saying, is sometimes I'll say, "Oh, this is a thirty-dollar bottle," and it's actually like a hundred and twenty-dollar bottle. This is actually like a fifty-eight, sixty-dollar bottle. I, I rechecked. Nice. Do you have to be like instead of twenty-one and over, like thirty-five and over to yeah, drink this? this? Is, I, I mean, mean, this is this is the next level of drinking. I you, definitely you, feel you like you have this to is, know what you're doing with your own body to get through a few. Right. So true. This is things a gentleman's bourbon. <laughs> things could turn if quickly. You're, 18 and sh- walk up to the liquor store counter with that, they should just let you buy it. And then like, you'll learn a lesson you'll never forget? No, 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 no. Just because it's like, hey, at least the kid's got some class. He's not right. getting he didn't just grab the Boone's Jack Farm. Daniels. Or, yeah, Jack Daniels. and We'll see how classy he is when he's, like, pissing in the bushes with, like, a bullhorn yeah. and, like, a cowgirl outfit on. Throwing up for two days. Right. So what do you think, Pat? Is this in your wheelhouse? Yeah, I, I enjoy this. I love it. You know, excuse me, I, uh, I've had... I've sampled some of this before. These different, uh, this company. I don't know if this is exact brand, and I, I don't visit enough, revisit it enough. But uh, I enjoy this. I, I you because you can take your time with this, and right. you can appreciate. This it. is a yeah. sipping liquor. Sipping, yeah. 
So let me ask you this. And when the you're, font on the bottle is glorious. When you're on the road yeah. and you're doing your thing, you're, and I know you, you just had a gig in, in, in Las Vegas a little, yeah. not too awfully long ago, I heard went very well. Yeah, very fun. And um, which is great that you're getting to gig despite what's going on in right. the world. And, and um, when you're on the road and you're doing that stuff, are you drinking? Because I know you do a little drinking. We yes. talked about that last yeah. time. Are you drinking the top shelf stuff? Or like, are you going to the well more? Uh, more and more, uh, less drinking, more high brand, more high end. Like we all are. As okay. we get older, you go nice. less, less content, more right. packet time, time-wise. Quality, not quality. quantity. Yeah. yeah. So the old crow's out. Old crow's out. Uh, right. Keystone Light. You're yeah. not going to see any Keystone Light <laughs> right. going down right. my trout. You know. Um, now, do you pre? Now, do you lubricate up a little bit before you go on stage? Not at for all? clubs. Not for okay. paid work. Not for paid work. Right, you, because yeah. that's unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, and you just you can't. I don't want to lose a second. Right, because mm-hmm. you might be funny to. Oh, the 95 percent of the people that are drinking, but I want to be as funny as possible to 100 percent. Like. I don't want to miss out on, like, if there's 5% of an audience that's sober, they're like, oh, he's had a drink. You can tell he slurred. I never, ever right, want to slurred want You don't want to, right, yeah. I hear that. Or lose a train of thought or lose your rhythm. I, I Especially just, you, because that's not your shtick. Right, I'm not yelling where it can be like, It's oh, smart. It's, you, you have know, a very yeah. smart, very, you know, concise, you know, your jokes. Right, right, I need it. You don't want to stumble, yeah. uh, you blow a punchline. How, okay, so how about when you do? Because I've been enjoying some of your man on the street stuff, right? Which is funny. Thank you. Yes, it's the very last fun. one Fantastic. was the beer beer can appreciation day, January twenty fourth. Yes, and I, I I shared a little story with you earlier. I, I was trying to sneak it in this morning and watch it on low volume while I was still in, in bed with my wife, and I giggled, and I and I and I, <laughs> and I passed a little gas. I was trying to stifle a laugh, and I let out a little, <laughs> and I woke my wife up, and I blamed you. I was like, it's Pat's video. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny. It was funny, funny stuff. Well, you know, Hefeweizen. It might have been where you saw Hefeweizen beer. Because that doesn't that cause gas, the Hefeweizen? So it might have been that. Right at that point. The IPAs. Well, I mean, you pick great people to interview. Yeah. And so uh, when you do that kind of like more stuff that's yourself and you're doing like the man on the street, do you do you get in like and you're kind of in that character? Do you, uh, do you have do. a little more fun with I it? I do. I enjoy that more than stand-up. It's less work. Because you, you, ha- you can have takes. You can you can fail. You can yeah. you edit later. You don't you, when you're doing live stand up live shows as we all know. You can't right edit. right. There's you no edit. Go, yeah, and you're doing a lot of that stuff at like sporting events and stuff. So you want to be having a good time because yes. I presume that you're there as a fan as well. And that's yeah, one of the I love reasons it. You're yeah. there. Yeah, I want. I know to, you to be a huge sports fan. So. Yeah, yeah, I nerd about that and, and <laughs> kind of you know I'd like to do pizza day or buffalo wing day or or you know uh, I think spaghetti day was January fourth or something like that and. Uh, you know, putt putt day is in May or June, like stuff like that. Just random, weird, banal dates, but make them really important. Make I them have seem, super you know, fun. Yeah, it's really and so you'll have a little more fun with that. You you can take yourself a little less serious. Yeah. You don't you don't have anyone you have to impress, and you have editing. Yeah. And let yeah let people do their thing on camera, and you can just comment and. Well, that's it, what I wanted know. to say is that's where the genius of that man on the street stuff comes yeah. in is picking the right people to interview. Totally right, and you do a great job of it because like you have a little bit of the people that like are with it. Yeah. Right. They kind of get it and they answer the questions, and then you you got the complete opposite of the people that are like in total oh. left field. Oh my god! And that's what hit me this morning. Like there was a couple kind of good interviews, and then there was like back to back these guys that were like, oh, and then you wash the can, you dry the can, you take the can home, you hump the can. I was like, yeah. wow, that wow. guy was. It was like, one I mean, guy maybe he didn't say that. One but. guy was like, I collect cans, uh, I sm- I drink weed or I drink <laughs> tea and I smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was. I mean, and that's it. That's like. 
But that's the beauty of interviewing strangers on the street. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get random stuff. And you get as much from them as your own comedy and take on. That's the great one-two punch. Because I think you don't know what they're going to say. You have no idea, yeah. and I, and I think that's where comedy, especially what the pandemic, one of the byproducts of this is it's exposing people that just it's exposing things we don't need. Like it's like, oh, I guess we don't need any of the late night talk shows that nobody was watching anyway. Now the bells and whistles are gone, and you see these guys, and it's like, oh god, they, they look. This looks ridiculous. Well, in general, <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about pan, the pandemic is that people are getting away from like kind of like the big corporate stuff mm-hmm. and back to the more mom and poppy every man absolutely stuff. Uh, be it in comedy or I, i'm hoping as a guy that's doing what i'm doing here to see you know you know i'm not going to be sad to see cheesecake factory disappear absolutely and let guys like me do what we want to do and, and take the reins for a little while and i think that's what people really want at the end of the day in, in food and in comedy and everything is they they don't want the corporate experience they don't want like stamp out everything yeah. boom 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 exactly the same they want something authentic yeah that personal touch yeah. now listen i don't mind the cashew chicken a cheesecake factory. Oh, I yeah. don't exactly need I mean, all of it listen, to go. Listen, I'm not. Away. Uh, I'm sorry, and I don't. I didn't mean to throw them under the bus. I, I don't hate myself some cheesecake factory. Yeah. I'm just saying the days of the lard, the the, oh, the, oh, the big oh, corporate oh. restaurant, you know, moguls and all that. I think yeah. people are going back to the one-off. You know, I want a bookstore in North Beach in San Francisco, right? Not, not a Barnes and Noble, right, 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 right. Or right. Whatever. Yeah, it's, and it's better for for really in the long run. It's better for those at least those people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I want to get back to your man on the street stuff. Yeah. What do you call it? Well, uh, it, now I'm calling it Fan Center. And what it is is Sports Center, like a spoof of Sports Center kind of. Uh, but it's stories about the fans, not the athletes. And are you doing them fairly regularly now? I'm trying to do them one or, once or twice a month. Okay. Um, yeah. But and it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Tell, tell give it. Give yes, Patrick Keene. If you put fa- Patrick Keene Fan Center, one word, Fan Center. Okay. It'll it'll come up. There's about 14 videos now or something and like that. And what color would Just you call that jacket you're wearing? That jacket, is. that's a great question. I have. Right, because it's a little kind of ambiguous what color exactly. It really is. <laughs> it's probably a mustard brown. Like, it's not like a, a mustard yellow. Right. Well, a I, mustard it's a poupon. Brown. I went poupon. Poupon. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great poupon. And it's also, if you know the... the With the emphasis on poop. Monday Night Football and ABC Wide World Sports had the very similar... That's correct. That's That's where you've got... I had a bright yellow jacket, and then I'm like, I need this to be mustarded down. This looks too bright yellow. (laughs) Canary-y. Yes, it was a little canary. So then I went and got another one, and uh, it really establishes the mood. And the the key for me, I, it's just like don't even address, don't even go like, yeah. Look at me in this jacket because you're ruining it. No, it's straight out of like it, late eighties. You give it yeah. zero attention. Zero attention. Right. Well, I love it. I Jeremy think it's told funny. me the first time he saw you and he wanted a brat. Right. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to hear him talk about someone pitching a no hitter on acid. You know oh, that's mean? great, Doc, Doc like, Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, and, you, and you're on the street with the microphone and that, and maybe beer cans or whatever that event or that day is and people people are curious they're like what in the hell is this guy doing on a tuesday in scottsdale or laguna beach or you know la or whatever santa monica wherever and uh i'll tell you the people that are the most uh, reluctant are older white men they just oh, yeah. think, the interview? Yes. I don't know what it is. They well, just yeah, think, you're, they think you know, you're they, going to be messed with. Or, they don't yeah. want to be un- un- right. made uncool or embarrassed right. in any way. You're already right. the devil in society right now. Well, that right. and right. they just don't want to be. They have their masculinity challenged in any Maybe way. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. And but but I fought in World War II. I don't want you know. Yeah. 
and don't tell me a fart joke. Yeah. There's plenty of uh, there were in that last video. There were lovely people. I don't know if they were students at ASU or whomever. Wait, so the the beer can nice one. Where was that shot? That was in Scottsdale and and Phoenix. Okay. We shot that in a couple different locations. It's great, and I I think that it probably is another cool thing that happened kind of because of COVID. Yeah. Because you had to kind of like do other stuff. Right. And there's not a, as many gigs and stuff, and so I mean, the only reason I bring that up is because I want to. I'm always really quick to point out the positives that are coming out of all the shit that we're dealing with yeah, right now. Yeah. And creativity is one of those things. People are being forced to be creative and, and do stuff. And especially creative people are finding ways to remain creative. Yes. You have to re-navigate. You know, right. And you but, have to, because you have to, it's like a muscle. Yes. I mean, you have to flex that because to, to feel it atrophy is to feel it dying. Yeah. Right. There's a great book out right now that uh, speaks to that a little bit called the passion economy. It's called the passion and it's like how do you take that passion and and make it work for you i, I don't care if it's painting if it's shaping old bottles if it's it, whatever artistic thing you have you have to bring economics to it but love of that uh, craft whatever it is you will find a way toward economics and what works it's fascinating because it, you know when you're young you think oh i'm gonna study economics i could never be an artist or a musician or um and it, it, it's not true. It all comes together. You know, the first thing uh, artists are doing, if you're in a band, four or five friends in high school or coming out of college, you have to sell tickets to get people into the arena. And then that arena or whatever, the bar, the, the club, they'll book you more. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, we have to think economically. How do we, okay, two for one tickets. Okay, uh, get these tickets at yeah, this time, Saturday night. You know, you start uh, you know, shaping that mindset. So it all comes together. And, uh, anyway, that is what the passion economy about. But to your point, the Corona, the COVID, the whole lockdown. Yeah. You have to pivot. Pivot is this huge word that everyone's using. And that's right. What's the setup time to get you uh, all set up? You know, the cans ready, the mic ready, what angle you like, like what's the prep time? I mean, we're probably half hour, you know, like if we're shooting at uh, 11, like I'll say, Hey, let's meet at 10 or 11. And within 30 minutes we'll be shooting. You know, so not that long, not that long. No. I mean, you got the mic, you got the coat, (laughs) you throw that on and, (laughs) and, and and it's a lot of rejection when you're doing man on the street, interviewing people off the street. You know, if you're Jay Leno, it's one thing people will get in line. They'll be like, Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. stop. If, if you're nobody, uh, but you're in a yellow jacket, <laughs> that helps. But if you're nobody, it's just people like, what is this? Who is this guy? What's he doing? I think people th- sometimes think I'm going to ask about politics, and that just freaks everybody out. They don't want to talk about and that. And I'm like, would do you, you like think to I'm going to a survey about? Yeah. yeah. Do you think I'm going to ask yeah. about politics in this coat yeah. <laughs> with this animal costume? Like we did the USC-UCLA rivalry. Really, that was really, a great really, one. really long uh, mics yeah. with a small this, little ball. This, at oh, the price is the, ma- the, match, the match game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Those yeah. are rad. Yeah. Bob Baker. Bob Barker. Bob, Bob Baker. Too. Bob, Bob Baker. <laughs> but but I, I, we really need to get back to what, what was making people laugh at their core. You know what I mean? Like I feel like comedy is the one thing that's not supposed to be held on high and there's not supposed to be this hierarchy and there's nobody that has the monopoly on what's funny and it's kind of gotten a little pretentious in some ways you know when you watch these shows and you watch this this laughter and you watch really good looking people whose parents were famous and now they're comedic actor actresses and you know all the sitcom the single camera shows are all the same the multi-camera shows are all the same and you're like it's like, wow, none of this is really... Well, back to the point of getting away from the overall 
overarching corporate, you know, umbrella, even like, you know, like YouTube is gaining so much momentum and and people are getting away from like what you're talking about, sitcoms and Uh that kind of stuff. People are, first of all, willing to accept less production value because that's becoming more and more common place whereas there's 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 not that expectation of production as much and and each generation that is is kind of more and more kind of accustomed to seeing less and less produced stuff there's there's a general kind of like plateau you have to achieve or anything under that no one's going to take you seriously at all yeah. but you know it's not that hard with with you know, an iPhone with an iPhone or with yeah any kind of basic camera these days shoots in like whatever 4K. I mean, you can reach that plateau. And to bring up somebody that is an, another repeat guest on the show that Josh uh, Josh Larson mentioned when he was here last time, barriers of entry. Yeah, the barriers of entry are have been reduced because of technology. Our access, the access is is a lot easier. Um, but also, the creative people. What I'm, I, I, I like is that because the barriers of entry have been reduced, you, people like you don't have to get a show picked up right. and film a pilot right. and do a whole thing. It's in your hands. You can go out and do Man on the Street and and put it on YouTube, and it is getting back to like exactly what you're talking about, trying to just be entertaining That's without it. having to go through all the corporate yeah. bullshit and the Hollywood bullshit. You're literally out there just to entertain, to be entertaining, and also not only are you out there to entertain, but you're – kind of being able to reaccess what you probably got into it to begin with was to have a good time doing it yourself totally, and not have to worry about the corporate bullshit and all that. But you can come up with a concept, you can develop it, you can go out and do it and shoot it and, and edit it and put it online. And it's kind of all in your hands, which is cool. And what, um, what COVID has done for us, one of the barriers of entry that COVID has given us is time. Mm-hmm. Time is a huge barrier of entry. I don't have time to do that. And what we have a lot more of now because of COVID is especially creative people that are gigging and a lot less yeah. and shit like that. We have time. And so you have time now to do these self, these projects and stuff like that. So again, And I'll do it for a lot less. Like barriers of entry. What a great phrase. Yeah. I'll do it for a lot less. I'm still you know, trying to uh, get the foot in the door. So. That hungry, you can't beat that because it's a win-win. Because you're unionized or whatever, you know, whatever. You know, you don't have to deal with any of that. But at the same time, you're you're building, you're you're adding to your reel, right? Yeah, right. You're developing content. Yes. You're building your fan base, all of the stuff that's all good, yeah. right? And you're, and it's extremely accessible, and even maybe more so now because you have the time. So anyway, it's, and uh, th- we're seeing that kind of across the board with creatives, um, in, in music. And, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, music's continued to come out because it's another thing that you can do, you can do at home, again, because of technology reducing those barriers of entry, it's easier to do. You don't have to go to the studio anymore. And you can collaborate. I can do my thing here, and you can be in your house over there and playing the guitar, and I'm playing the drums over here, boom, 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 and we make a song together. So collaboration and, and the internet is another thing that's reduced that, you know, the, the, the catchphrase of the night, barrier of entry, and... And because we've had time, people have have become a little more savvy with their technology. Everyone's zooming and knowing how to talk and communicate and realizing we can work from home. I mean, it's changing. It's it has 
maybe in in many ways made us evolve a little bit. You know, how we do things, how we approach the general workday. Do we need to be at an office from nine to five or can I do my job from home? That kind of stuff. And what we're going to find, I think, hopefully, one of the things that we're going to hopefully take out the other end of this thing is that we don't. We don't have to go to the office. We don't have to do the nine to five. We can have more time to be creative, pursue our own passions, develop a side hustle, you know, whatever. We don't have to inundate ourselves with this bullshit and, and stick ourselves in, in, a, in a cubicle for 12 hours, 10, 12 hours a day to be able to judge ourselves as successful or happy or in fact probably to the contrary i think the more successful we'll be able to find that we, if we can manage our time without having to do any of that stuff and still be able to make money and follow our passions and all of that stuff yeah well said no it, it, you're absolutely right and uh yeah there's just no there's no reason to wait you know um whether you're so if nothing else, the COVID's given given you that. Give, it's given it to you, people. Go out there and grab the brass. Yeah, and, and I will say that you know there's a lot of whatever Instagram, TikTok's the newest, YouTube. Uh, you know these people that have a ton of followers, and you know they can fill a comedy club if they so choose to go do live shows. That doesn't mean they're good. And even you like what's nice is having 20 years of stand-up under your belt. And then going and turning that into your web series in terms of, okay, I've got the comedies there now. And this isn't just going to be like, ooh, we shot this video. Now what are all the strategies to get followers? You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, it's kind of because like that's top heavy. I hate that. Yeah, backwards. And I, I don't like writing from the outside in. like, And some of these people and – you know, and I, I, I see that a lot in Orange County where they're like, well, the words that when you when you post something, you're not using the right words and the clicks to get, you know – clickbait and, and and it's like everything's peripheral and i'm just like no man it's about the content like can we start there it's about the content i mean you and would like, love to think if you develop good content right then, the people will find it yes unfortunately that's not actually the it's case it's not actually the case. you have right. to know the algorithms and be able right. to play all the game but, but i will sometimes say it, yeah. i mean it can yeah like it, like if you're developing a product or service technology always helps you right. need to work with technology but that sh technology shouldn't be the basis of your idea and or, unfortunately it, it, it kind of is i mean mm -hmm. it, if you want to there's definitely a strategy to being successful on instagram and sure. all that stuff yep. right i mean the the random thing could happen where you post a picture and it gets shared and blah blah, blah but likely it's playing an algorithm right. it's it's the same the same concept for if you make a new dog toy you're going to put ads someplace where people who have dogs or people who buy dog toys live. Well, that same algorithm is is doing everything. It's not only doing your products, your comedy, your video, your anything. It's doing the news. You know, it's doing the, okay, well, you know what? It turns out mm, two dead in New Orleans, not that sensational, but 14 people abducted. And it's just playing on what gets people, and that's building some of the narrative that's probably not even true what's getting clicks yeah it's it's the that same engine is going well if they were looking for this you know we could get a little more sensational I mean, it's, and, it's and get the more people engine right yeah. little thumbnails of tna get a lot of clicks yeah right if you're selling heartburn medication and you have cleavage in the ad yeah. even people that don't have heartburn might click on it you know, I mean, it's just, and unfortunately, that's what's driving it, yeah. not yeah. the quality of the content. I mean, yeah. that's my point. Yeah, and you have to be, 
uh, open to that, and you can't be a grumpy Gus or whatever and be like, now, oh, when are you going like to add the cleavage? Is I guess what we're getting to right, here. Right, right. That's um, got to be the next evolution of the of the man surgeries in, in like what a month. Well, right. Oh no, Ryan no, I don't mean these guys. Oh, you don't okay. have to. Oh, I don't have to. You don't yeah, have to get yeah. both on Pat. Although you know, have you ever thought about? I'm teaching? always been into red ads. Have, have you ever thought, Pat, about teaching? Uh, stand up because you're so well you're so well oh, spoken yeah, yeah, teach, and you yeah. you know you this is what is it third or fourth time and you're very articulate and, and you have such a passion for what you do and it seems like you'd be you know really good teacher teaching, you, you already yeah. have the outfit for it yeah, I know a guy, guy at Flappers like yeah, yeah, sweater, yeah, I'm in a sweater right a sweater now and a, and a, a sweater collar, and a collared shirt, collar and shirt. And I know a guy up at Flappers University up in uh, Burbank yeah yeah I'd love to get my masters from right. uh, from FU uh, up there in Burbank <laughs> <laughs> San, San Bernardo Boulevard or whatever yeah. I do enjoy that club um, it is a great club the uh, yeah yeah that you know there's a That's little a good, bit of a stigma uh, with stand-ups that teach but the one right, they the, can't do but some of the guys I know that are great Tom Clark teaches a great class for kids for people and all ages really that want to do stand-up Ryan needs a class Josh needs a brush-up right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. yeah I mean Tom Clark's your guy Adam uh, Barnhart does a comedy store class there uh, yeah I, I don't know I, w- I would why not I I um, I don't think I. I feel like I don't know enough to. But teach that's it, not where the know? passion is, right? I mean, I think unless uh, it is, some oh, people have the passion yeah. to pass on the baton. Yeah, I, because know? I would never want to critique anyone. Like, I'd be like, "All right, you're doing something. I don't even know what you're doing, man or girl, whatever." But keep doing it because I've seen crazier stuff get made. You know, TV shows get people credits, get people move up in their careers. You know, I mean, Tom Green was successful, so yeah, it's just like I, mean, I, I could never. Wow. I would shout never out Tom know. Green. Love you, brother. I would yeah. never know uh, how to I don't, he's shape. He'll never hear this. Somebody's set. Like, could you wouldn't... put someone like uh, give someone like a detention for like a bad joke? Or, yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Go to the corner <laughs> yeah, for yeah. like five minutes. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's tricky. I it's, see. But he's, I he's think he's a disciplinarian. But I think path. he could be. I don't know. Just as a side hustle, because he's so knowledgeable at the uh, the craft. So I thought. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know. maybe, maybe. No, just I would give send notes. you to the class. Yeah, but I mean, no, for sure. I would only. No, I would send you. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Maybe some twice. polishing, like some polishing on the outside, but I would never want anyone to change them because you, you kind of need to find your own way. And yeah. But I would be happy to be like, look, that joke's been used or this or that. Because, right. for example, Jeremy's never taken a class. Can you just take Joss where, now where, maybe where, and go in the other room? Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah could we break for maybe 15? And... Take Joss in the other room, give him some pointers. <laughs> But you've been doing it since the late 90s, right? Or when did you start? Josh is one of the funniest men I've ever yeah, met in I remember my entire you life. I, he was 14 it, years old. I, Josh not, 19, got excused himself from, from class to go to the bathroom in like history class and came back completely wrapped in toilet paper like a mummy. Phenomenal. I did do that. Was that what, high school, right? Yeah. That was high school. Uh, I, I believe. I remember uh, hearing about English that. English class. Yeah. The famous. So it was. It was very funny. That's phenomenal. That's next level. Joe. Well, I think that stuff is hilarious. Uh, the 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 man on the street. Well, and yeah, I'm and I think it applies kind of to like a lot of. Be able to yeah. you know find a, a a new thing to be passionate about and have a good time with and create great content. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now I completely want to pivot to talking about like you know aspirations and dreams. And we were earlier. We were walking around. We were looking at some of the cool cars that are parked out back here. I want to talk about our first rides, okay? And I'm, it's a two-part question, and and this I, I feel like this you know this this will kind of be a, a you know every time we've gotten together and in fact 
even between times we get together, you know, we text back car stuff. You've yeah. been in a couple of car shows or something yeah, yeah, that you yeah. were sending me. Was that out in Scottsdale? Where, where was I? Well, Adam Carolla's studio. I was at Adam Carolla's okay. studio up in Burbank. Oh, is which that is phenomenal. Okay. And there's he's got a, bunch a ton of, of great cars. cars. Yeah. So you weren't modeling. And then, uh, no, you no, I wasn't showing modeling. off the car. No, no, I definitely was in, okay. in a, in a G string or whatever. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and then I was at something in Orlando. Okay. That I sent you something so from. yeah, yeah. send me a couple of pictures of good cars and, and like we're guys or rah, 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 you know, we like cars. And so I figured let's, let's talk about it tonight. We've got a couple of sweet cars out here, out back here. There's a, we got a, a 1987 Buick Grand National on airbags. We've got a Model T. We've we got a, Got what? What's that thing you got again? A Fiero? No, no, no. Oh, Fiat. Fio. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. It's an NSX. Ryan's heart dropped. Oh. Pat, Pat walks in. He's like, "What is that? A Fiero?" Oh, like, oh god. Sorry. That thing's got to be worth like what twenty eight hundred? Yeah. I give you twenty five. Hundred. I'm sorry. It's Ryan's dream car. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I what called, is it? An MR2? I called a, uh, a Mitsubishi and Mazda once. Oh. Nice. Okay, so the question on the table is, what was your first car, and what did you want to be your first car? When you were ramping up to, to getting your car in, you know, 15, 16 years old, what, what did you really, like, if you could have had, not necessarily your dream car, like, obviously, you're not going to roll out at 16 years old with, like, a Lamborghini, but what was, like, a reasonable, like, what did you kind of want to be your first car, and what was your first car, okay? Joss, let's go with you first. Well, one car... Would Actually, be- nope, you're not, you're, let's go with our guest first, you're cut off. And Joss, you got the hook. You said I pulled... And, I, I waited too long, I gave... <laughs> Pat. What yeah. happened? Why did you get? Because you're the guest. You're the guest. You get oh, to go okay. first. Oh, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, I had a uh, an '88 Nissan uh, pickup, red uh, okay, extended the cab, two wheel drive, four wheel drive. Two, two. It was two. It was okay. a little. It was the a little. little it was a yeah. little. So it was a V8, like right? the Nissan. Would yeah. that have been a V6? Maybe. I don't V4. Know. V4. Yeah. yeah, it was a four band. Inline four. Yeah. yeah, it was a little tiny thing. Okay, that was your first car. Brand new, used? No, no, it was very used. Okay. Very used. And uh, it was great. It was fun. You know, it was uh, like bench seat. I, I know you said it would have been new, <laughs> new, new 87. Yeah, yeah. But what I wanted, I always wanted, like, for that early, for late 80s, early 90s, I wanted a van. I wanted a van for my buddies to go. Like, you know, what you kind saw of van, though? Fast That's Times very... Richmond High, like a 70s van. Okay, yeah. Where yeah. the window, it, it, you don't have a bunch yeah. of windows. No, you, you have, have that like little one hole. window. Yeah, porthole. The heart. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted that. That's weird. That's creepy. No, so everybody yeah. like, on a rake yeah you yeah, like, had a rake on a rake and I just loved the Scooby-Doo style I was like dude. I want my buddies it was all about your friends at that yeah. age the lock you, you couldn't get out of it from the inside yeah wood paneling maybe all the oh, wood yeah. paneling and yeah. I just no I, I was a big van fan of myself were you really yeah, yeah I just I liked the whole community to it you know you, we're coming to pick you up man in a van and it's like I always kind of wanted a, a Volkswagen van yeah and those were cool, and it kind of had a vibe. But my dad was always like, no, 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 you're not getting a van. We know what you're going to do in that thing. Live oh. in it. Um, okay. So uh, Ryan had a, a Nissan truck as no. his first car. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, but you eventually did. I, That's I not had, true at all. The research, the research here. What I, was uh, that truck? So the truck was a Toyota truck. Okay, really nice um, little truck. Yeah, it, that was, that was kind of – so. I think my first car was like the hand-me-down from grandma. It was a Toyota Cressida that I promptly sold. Okay. Um, and then I got another. Um, when did the Monte Carlo? I had no. So, so actually, so that so first drove my sister's car, which was a Blazer, and then she went once she took that. Um, 
Then I had the uh, the Monte Carlo 1980 metallic poo. It was metallic brown. Yeah, Monte Carlo. I remember that car. Yeah, yeah. It half the cylinders worked most of the time. Like you could only turn. Right. I always thought that was that wasn't your first car. The Monte Carlo. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah, first yeah. car you that was the first, owned. Yeah, it was the first car I owned. Right, right. Um, what was the car I wanted? I wanted your your standard Toyota four x four, you know, truck pickup. pickup. Yeah, that was kind of what I wanted. Um, when I sold said Monte Carlo and I got the Toyota Cressida and sold that, I then bought the truck, the the two wheel drive single cab. Everybody yeah. I know in that era at some point had the two wheel drive single cab. Yeah, Toyota Nissan or, or Nissan. Toyota, yeah, right. right? Um, Very big in nine, ninety to ninety three. Right. Everybody wanted the truck from Back to the Future. Yeah. From the end of Back oh, to the right, Future, right, the black the end, truck. Yeah. Right. That blue. was like the. Then he takes Jennifer. Blue? Is yeah. it Jennifer at the yeah. end? Yeah, gray, yeah. Maybe yeah. gray. Okay, but the one yeah. we all yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. That was like the. Yeah. The bars on it and the, the yeah, little lift the Nerf bar, bars and the Casey lights. Yeah. And that was the epitome, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> but then I had, like, I mean, I... Here we go. Now I was a, going, Yeah, I could talk about cars forever. We're but, going into the mid-90s now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I loved gone, that Monte Carlo, dude. It was uh, ugly. And then he got this gigantic speaker yeah that's, uh, that took so there was a couch back seat yeah it was two 12 inch woofers yeah in a box that took up the, the entire, entire back seat <laughs> which was huge yeah in a 1987 monte carlo <laughs> and I, I wanted to be able to uh make it mobile i didn't want to st- so i i mounted all the amps and everything to that box and never attached it to anything uh you know except power so we could pick it up and take it out when we needed to pack six So when he would hit the six corner hard at 45, 50 miles yeah. an hour, which was the top speed on that thing. Yeah. The entire speaker box would shift in the back seat and almost, like... Kill you. Yeah. Wow. I eventually had to cut it down and put it in the trunk, which is also... <laughs> you could have lived in. Wait, did you always, Ryan, love cars and everything? This has yeah. always been a passion. So always, this wasn't something yeah. that developed in college. No, 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 no. Like, in fact, I mean, I saw the nsx when it came out in 1990 um what probably didn't probably started driving in what 90 91 like yeah so yeah, yeah. but when did and you I find the fiero yeah. like that's what i wanted so when i was... first met ryan and we started being friends he was at the time rebuilding a corvette with his dad yeah we had a 1958 Corvette. And was already spinning wrenches and wow. like, knew his way around a car wow 14 years old so yeah, wow. he's been a, he's he was my first kind of like gearhead friend. Oh wow, okay. And and, and kept him around for that very reason ever oh, since. Because wow. he knows how to do and shit. You like getting into the hood and all that stuff. I like. In, I don't really general, get the opportunity to do it. If there's anything it, kind but... of mechanical, that's why today I was making the jokes around the boat. I mean, literally, if there's anything mechanical, there's a drink. Remember the the drinking game on the on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Is every time anybody says the word literally, you take a big swig of whatever you got at home. Um, but you know, Ryan can, you know, basically, you thought I was going to say literally, oh, I said it. Ryan can basically find his way through anything kind of mechanically based. He can okay. reverse engineer or figure out sure. kind of what's going on and generally, you know, glean the, the, the way to do it. And I've always been impressed with your ability to do that. Um, some people have that. That's kind of like one of those like yeah. God-given gifts. Some people have the right. general idea of being able to muddle their way through that shit, and so I'm like other people what? are absolutely lost. I and think I, I like fall somewhere know. in the middle. 
and I like to know how, you know, how does that go together? Like, I'm not going to take apart the, uh, you know, the macerator on the toilet on a boat, but, uh, but I don't mind seeing how the engine works. Right. You know, well, don't be don't taking know. apart the boat. I've never yeah. even said the word macerator, <laughs> oh, by yeah. the way. Don't know where it is. Don't know what it you does. You know what macerate means? To macerate. What does it mean to macerate? <laughs> well. What does it mean? To, to, to take apart. Wow. To adjust. Wow. Tinker. Mm. Uh, we're you're, you're I, 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 was I just should have just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so if Ryan was your first person that could, you know, get his way around the car, clearly I was the second. Hey Siri, what does the word macerate mean? Especially with reference to food soften or become softened by soaking in a liquid. Right? Oh. Generally soaking. But like if like if you're gonna take Oh, like uh, a maceration point. Like if you're gonna macerate raisins in rum, it generally I mean it just means soaking raisins in rum. What about masticate? Do you know what masticate means, Josh? Getting what does it mean to masticate? Uh, yes. to, is there an action of masticating? No, it's not masticating. No, it's masticating. Masticating. To put up a mast to sail. Right, it's a sailing term. Okay. <laughs> it means to chew. Right. Right. Yeah. So it means and to then, chew. You know, from a boat wise, or even probably RV it's or not something a sailing like term, but I was. It, it means to chew. To chew. Um, the like macerator. Like if you're gonna put something down the drain. Whether it's it's like a garbage disposal, right? A macerator softens stuff before you blow yeah. it out the hole yeah. in the side of the. You boat. don't want a giant poop clogging mm. up the or sitting in the bottom of your tank. So you it, when you shit on a boat, it goes through a blender. So essentially, you have a a uh, blender well, garbage well, disposal. Garbage disposal. Yeah, that the toilet goes through before it goes out the side of your boat, just to make sure that you're not hitting, you know, leaving. A log for someone to hit. So it's important to believe in mastication. Right. Which is chewing. Which is not what we're talking about. Oh, no. We're talking about macerating. Maceration. But you should chew as well. You don't mm -hmm. want to swallow whole thing. Right. Once you masticate the macerator, the more you masticate, the less the, the, less the macerator has to work. <laughs> wow. I'm never going to own a boat. Yeah. Or use those words ever again. It's true. Um, my first car... What was my hey, first car? Will hey, you help what, what was your, what was your the, first car? The Toyota, the oh. red Toyota truck. No. no. Well, the, I mean. I want you to tell me what you think, what no. you think my first car so, was. At, in, the, in the beginning, there was Marina's Corolla, um, which we used to take around corners in Tribuco Canyon to where we'd hit the rim oh from the tire pushing over. We would go no. so hard through those corners going down into Ortega yeah. Canyon or into uh, Tribuco Canyon. Tribuco where were you coming from here? From here? school. Yeah. No, but I mean, from from where to where? The 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 parking lot at school. We Santa would, Margarita Ranch. We would Rancho peel to... out of there and then take that right and go down. Uh, oh, all... you'd go down through the can down by Tribuco Holy Steakhouse. Yeah. Holy yeah, 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cook's in a Corner. Corolla. Cook's Corner out by there. And we are going so hard. You know, and there's like that switchback. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that little. On that switchback, we would go so hard that we were all we were riding the rims on uh. this Corolla going through this thing. And Justin Bruska was in the trunk. In the yeah. trunk. Yeah, so we, when we rolled it, 
uh, it was going to get sketchy. Yeah, it was. Gonna, we never rolled it, though. No. But if we had, it would have been gnarly. But the reason Bruska was in the trunk is for two reasons. Oh. Firstly, there wasn't enough room for him to be inside the car. Sure. No, it was actually three reasons. Second of all, he didn't wear shoes or shower a lot of the time, so we didn't really want him in the car. And the other part oh, is that me. when we rolled up next to somebody, ju- we would all in the car yell, Papa! And Justin would pop out of the trunk and do something crazy and freak the shit out of people on, on yeah. cor- street corners. Yeah, Half nude. Yeah. Who ever knew? It, it was like at the time, Justin was like three feet tall. Like he looked like a child. It was very weird. Oh. Was the Corolla or the uh, the Toyota truck where you you go into your <laughs> development and go over the curb and through the bushes the where truck. they they literally the had to put up a wooden fence. They built a fence they built a to fence keep to keep you driving from over doing. through people's backyards. Basically, is essentially what they did. You had a like a it was like a if you're a kid, you know, you had like a Schwinn trail. Yep. You build your buddies yeah, yeah, a ramp. Yeah. He did this with a with an eighty nine truck, Cor- Corolla. And I no, it was, it, was, it was the truck. It was the truck. But was, and I thought yeah. I was getting away with it. But I, then I started being really liberal with it. And then you started to realize that there was tire tracks from the mud that would go all yeah. the way down the street and up into my parents' driveway. Uh, but that wasn't my first car. No. That I think uh, the because there was some loners in there. That was yeah. that, that Z seventy six or whatever that thing was. The like mm. Chevrolet Z seventy one or. But um, but yes, you are correct. I think the first official car that like stuck was uh, Shibumi. Yeah, the red truck. The red SR Toyota SR five. Yeah. With the like, you had to get out to lock the hubs. On it, you know, it was a four-wheel drive, but we would, like, get halfway up Holy Jim's Canyon and, like, door high in the mud in in two-wheel drive and then decide that we needed to get out and lock the hubs. Like, that was the – manually locking the hubs was a scene. Yeah, don't forget. Don't forget to lock your hubs. The car that I really wished I would have had as my first car was I wanted a black Nissan Maxima. With the white package, like the white dials. Ooh. With a little, like I wanted the little, like, uh, wing on the trunk. Wow. The full thing. It's weird because I knew you around that time. And, uh, you and didn't I see couldn't, me as I a Maxima guy? Seen, yeah, I didn't see you as a Maxima guy. Joss was a Maxima man for a while. No, Maximas were, the if you did them right... And you yeah. and you and you set them right on the right. They were rad, dude. You could make a sick Maxima, but you had to set them up right. Couldn't just take it right off the lot. But I never took any car right off the lot. That's not my style. But anyway, yeah, I drove that truck, and I drove that truck into the ground. Yeah, I mean, we yeah killed that truck. I together. think I, it had been airborne a number of times. We the last time we took it, it was Holy Jim's Canyon, and if you'll remember, there's those huge cement culverts you know yeah. run for the runoff and we hit that thing at like 45 miles an hour and psh, went just sailing dukes of hazard style off the other side and as is invariably happening with every time you do that engines are extremely heavy yeah so you get air and especially on a truck because the, the rear end of a truck doesn't weigh a whole lot and the front end does so you go whoa and then the front end just dips and you just bury your nose into the ground and we did that in the truck yeah everyone kind of got out i think we even popped a tire everyone got i was like whoa that was gnarly and then it never really drove the same after that and then i took it into the dealership to sell it and they're like this thing is legally uh what's totaled. the term totaled yeah this thing is legally totaled we can't sell this truck yeah and then i blamed ryan right 
I mean, why not? Everything. Every time we crashed the jet skis, yeah. it was either blame Ryan. It's just See, which is it. it's weird with the blame Ryan because I was usually the one fixing it. I never actually blamed you. Yeah. I blamed Matt Rada because he smelled like cigarettes. Ah. Oh, did Matt smoke? Oh yeah, he smoked since he was like fourteen. <laughs> oh. So he was like the black sheep. So anything that ever happened that was bad was like, oh, it's Matt Rada. Oh, well, sure, it's Matt. He smoked cigarettes. And then Ryan was like the white knight that would come and rescue and. Sure. Fix everything. Yeah. Because I think we all have that. We all have that with our parents. Groups of friends. You have two. You have the group that you tell them you're going out with, yeah. and the group you're going out you go. with. Sometimes you go out with the people, but, but you know, there's you, crossover. You, everybody has that guy that there's the, the, you roll under the bus. Your parents aren't that close the to, funk? so they know just. Oh, I've yeah. heard of that person, and oh yeah. Why do you feel so drunk? Oh, I don't know. I was with Jeremy Webb and I thunk right under the bus. Yeah, I guess who, guess who mine drinks. was. I feel like I was a lot of people's, Joss. <laughs> Jeremy fit that description. I was often. really easy to roll under the bus. You're very uh, open, willing to be that participant. Well, I constantly smelled of weed and alcohol <laughs> around the <laughs> parental units. So it was really easy to... I tell you what uh, vehicle never got any air was my first car. Do you guys remember it? The bu- the the bunny? The rabbit? 86 Volkswagen oh. Cabriolet. Oh, yeah. Dude, we were colored red. Maroon. Maroon. With that gray car and maroon is a leather. big part of my youth. I mean, as as one of Five the... Five-speed stick. Josh was one of the guys... We're talking about dudes in your crew. Josh drove a Josh lot. Josh drove, yeah. Josh was like the guy... We piled into the... Like, it was so funny because we piled into the... Cabriolet, which is not a large car. We weren't quite as big at the it's time. It's supposed no. to sit four, but it often turned into a clown car. I mean, we got seven <laughs> or eight in there. Well, because it was a convertible. <laughs> right. So you could really just pile just them, literally pack pile it, them, literally, boop, boop, boop. P- pile in. You could literally pile them in there. That car was uh, not exactly considered super masculine. No, for a no, sixteen-year-old, no, no, no. right? I mean, that wouldn't go. Steve not really even. Similar. Not really even for a forty-five-year-old. It was a blessing and a curse to learn on a stick like that because I, my dad got so frustrated. My mom had to teach me how to do it in the, at the ziggurat parking lot. Oh, wow. drive a stick. Nice. I remember taking that thing. We took that thing to uh, Laguna a lot. You had to park, you know, at uh, oh, a thousand nice. steps or, oh. or wherever, and you had to park on a, a sixty-degree incline. And not only did you learn how to have to parallel park, but you had to get that thing out in first gear. Yeah. Like Without bzzz. hitting the car behind you. Yeah, yeah. You did not want to park behind me leaving he, a, a... That's a, the thing. A, is he drove that thing for Like years. top of the world. Never like, really you know, good at yeah. Never really yeah. got that good at driving a stick. Never perfected it completely. Uh-uh. Now, the, but we had some times in that thing. Oh, that thing I, was so I fun. I think I broke the roof. No, you broke no, the yeah. trunk. Yeah. Because you hopped in late. Well, there was nowhere else. There was me. nowhere else to sit. There was John was already under the trunk. Cause remember, it had like a that weird. There was the trunk, but it had that gray thing on top. There's no it's, rhyme or reason. So to people have couldn't that. see your purse. Yeah, you jumped right on it, and I like. So they couldn't see your vulva. I mean, the the the, the car weighed 300 pounds. Right, it was very light to have a 300 pound man get in there. I was this was I was fourteen. I was not three hundred pounds. Plus, it was like it was made of cardboard. I was in Tiger Magazine. Okay, guys. I just, I was, I was All right, Kirk Cameron. Yeah. 
So the car I we wanted was anything Jesus? more masculine. I wanted there, there's two answers to that. I wanted like a forerunner, or something that like you know most of my guy for football players had. You know, like yeah. a forerunner, yeah. something that didn't like look like my car. Sure. Now the dream car was my dad was into cars too. And we used to go to those car shows up in Balboa there. Mm-hmm. The '69 Mercury Cougar SS with the the front and the back lights were the same. Mm. You remember that? Mm-mm. So that was the dream car, which I never got. Yeah. Big Maxima man. Yeah, you did have a Maxima. The, what do you they remember? They were the, rad. What was the nickname of that car? Early '80s Maximas were yeah. pretty no, rad. I, it, no, it had the fin. It was the SE. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. I'm V6. About. Those are dope. That was the Red Devil. Yeah. That's the car that uh, the yeah. drunk driver coming off Crown Valley smashed into me at 50 miles an hour. Went into a green light, getting off at of Crown Valley there to turn right. Totaled the car. I had glass in my hair. Yeah, your my golf mom cried got all night. Golf clubs were destroyed. Lucky to be al- go- oh, like the Peter guy man. fled the scene. First car I owned, of of course, was the Volkswagen Jetta. I was smart oh. enough to buy another stick shaft nice. that also had a top speed of sixty. Oh yeah, and the the, the, the little door panels on the side fell <laughs> the, off. The rubber feather melted yeah. at Lake Mead. Yeah, they it was melted off at degrees. Lake Mead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a true story. And that car uh, one day just didn't start. The oil slick got so bad that I was driving one day, and that oil thing was like, eh, 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 like pull over like immediately. Yeah. And, you and I took it in. The guy's like, there's so much oil under here. I can't even find where the leak is. No, here's the thing. There's a, And we got to wind it up here as, as much as it's, this has been a fun topic. The Cabriolet, you went away to college, and then that thing sat over at Chris Barabee's house, who is another person who's been on the show before, sat over there for like six years no, while that, we were all no, at school. And, we had, was, and, and Chris had to like fly home periodically from Utah. To move it. Yeah, to, to jump from Utah. From, Utah. <laughs> from Oregon to move it from place to place so that it didn't get impounded. That's what moved to New York, and I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> so Chris is like, just leave it. Like on, We're so young and dumb. Just leave it on my street. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, park. Ba- just park. park it there. Just park the cabriolet <laughs> on Chris's street and move to New York. <laughs> Are you serious? And it turn- turns out a car has to move like one sixty fourth of a mile per day, or else it's like been like you're not just it's supposed derelict. to park a car in front of your house. Yeah, otherwise and never it qualifies it. as derelict. Yeah, yeah. So. so. You did that. You derelicted a car. <laughs> I did. Last time derelicted me. Like, no. <laughs> I won't. I won't. He texted me one day. Who, Daryl? Chris, we were living in New York. So I lived in New York. The part of this story is I lived in New York for four years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, he just And the text- car lived on Chris's street the entire time. <laughs> now, now while, while you were yeah. saving this gem, did it appreciate in value? I would, not with Chris. I, I think you, a, you use the word gem loosely. Oh, okay. I think, gotta, I think you have misused this mm, term. Gem. I got to hear what happened. So he calls you how far into this four years? Oh, we're probably three years in. And we haven't even talked about the car. Like, he'd bring it up. There's like a family up, of raccoons what, living in the what, thing. I, this is only in Orange <laughs> County. In L.A., this car is gone. No, he, oh, yeah. he would yeah. drive it he would drive I mean, it periodically to the beach to keep it going and stuff. And <laughs> We didn't talk about the car for uh, probably a year. And he just texts me out of the blue. I'm walking home from work. He's like, so what are you going to do about your car? <laughs> I'm like, well, you have it. Yeah. He's like, well, eventually. Yeah. 
You have to move it. Like, literally, there was, like, he found, like, a bird nest in the box. <laughs> I'm telling you, there was raccoons procreating Dude, when in we're, the backseat. When we're in our t- 20s and 30s, you do that. You park a car and move. You leave. <laughs> you just, you no bleed. plan. And it's like, you no just, plan. it's like, hey, man, can you, like, this is stuff adults, I mean, yeah. f- high-functioning or normally-functioning adults. Would be don't like, no, do. I don't need All right, car. so on that note, I have a really quick story, and then we'll close it out. <laughs> okay. Living in Morgantown, West Virginia... There was this kid who had a Jeep Wrangler, mm-hmm. and he just left it one day and never came back. And so, and we had the keys to it. And so, eventually, we just kind of started driving it around. A stolen car. It was a stolen car. And so, uh, one uh, late fall, or I don't know, January, February, anyway, I don't know how seasons work. One time, right before winter. We went rolling around in this Jeep and we got stuck in the mud and we left it because <laughs> it wasn't our Jeep. <laughs> and then the next day it snowed super heavily and then winter set in and then all of a sudden three, four months went by and then all of a sudden spring came around and everything started to melt and we went back to look for the Jeep and it was gone. Wow. And so, bye. It wasn't, it wasn't our Jeep to begin with. Yeah. It was like this kid did the Joss. Moved away, left his Jeep. We drove it around, got it stuck in the woods, left it for an entire winter. Somebody else got it, and then that was the... Someone lived in it yeah, for the, six the months. The story and... continued. Did you leave the keys in it? Never knew what happened. No. I, no. They, but, uh, no. They must have got... Who, who so, knows so how they got the thing? The other thought is, like, are you just going to let it sit there to spring? It's, we did. Know, like... We did. No, because it was like, yeah, we were hammered. Wait it for was, the snow to melt. It was way too deep in the in the mud, and then there was like a huge storm the next day, and then like winter picked up, and it's like finals, and, like, and then one day it was like, <coughs> what do you think's going on with the Jeep? And then we went and looked for the Jeep. That was me getting stoned in the bathroom, right? That was a little impression I did. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then we went and looked for the Jeep, and it was gone. It was like, it was kind of like, do do do. Okay, whatever happened to that Jeep? Let's hope the guy whose Jeep it is, us. That was like a present participle. Yins. Yeah. Um. Let's hope who's the guy whose Jeep it is never comes back. You know, because if he does, we lost his fucking Jeep. <laughs> just, we just have to hope. That, yeah. Yeah. No, that's if he comes back and it's like, hey, did you guys happen to see that? You know, I know. I have no, zero idea. We what never you're touched about. it. On that same street was Pac-Man Jones lived on that street. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, so the Dallas Cowboy Cincinnati Bengal. Yes. of the of, Yes. It, but at the time of the West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia Mountaineers. Nice. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I feel like there, they, there was a lot of cars going and coming from that street. Yeah. Yeah. And in college, <laughs> wow. in that part of the country, I went to college in Montana. It was very similar where it's like, uh, hey, man, can I borrow your car? Yeah. The keys are in the ignition. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh. Okay. And Pac-Man's yeah. crew rolled very deep, and like oh, had, yeah. there was a lot of cars up and down that kid's driveway a lot, a lot of times. And so, I mean, they were like, you know, they were living the dream. I mean, I had never been kind of that close to seeing that kind of evolution from college football to NFL, and I kind of saw it happen to him. And I mean, they were like, yeah, I went from you know jeep wranglers to like all of a sudden some nicer cars start showing up yeah, and yeah, next thing yeah. like, there's some parties happening over there next thing there's like fully automatic rifles shooting out all the street lights at night you yeah, know you like never, oh it, it, pac-man's partying let's yeah. keep it inside tonight you know he, he, he was, was a hardcore dude man he was an amazing 
football player. Like, super talented. Played I mean, for a that long was time. At, the, at that time there was Pac Man, there was um there was uh Pat White. Pat White. Oh, that's right. He was a great quarterback. There was until uh, yeah. he got uh, decapitated. Remember what he went to the Dolphins. Pat White got, did. His he got a concussion so bad, like oh, in his one of his. In his like, I was wondering what happened to Pat White because he was amazing. So Never we had a great. Again. There was there was a moment there for West Virginia football. Yeah. That was it was. I love their colors and uniforms. I just love it. I saw them play Texas a few months ago in Austin. It was great. <laughs> All right, let's wind it up, kids. I know it's gotten loose, like the caboose in the backyard. That thing is wow. not loose. Now try moving that thing. Yeah. Good luck with that. And we're hoping you're going to come up with a plan for that because we need to get it inside in the next and, couple of months. Talk about like its own ecosystem. What's living in that? People. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Brusco. Well. <laughs> hey, man. I know this has been a loose one. I thank you for I love being it. here. I love it, brother. Thank you guys for having me. Always good to see you and get on air like this. Tell me again uh, the name of the man on the street thing. Yeah, Fan Center. It's just you can YouTube Patrick, Patrick Keen Fan Center. Uh, it's amazing. Early on when you're trying to launch one of these, you really need to attach the name. If you just put Fan Center, it'll get random stuff. Well, I want at least everybody that listens to yeah, this Patrick show to Yeah, Patrick Keen Fan out. Center. Just like Sports Center, no spaces, F-A-N-S Center. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 Sports Center, but the stories are about people. I, you know, I want to do feel-good stories. I want to do random goofy stories. Who drank the most Bud Light at that bowling alley on Tuesday night? Love That's Go cover it right now, immediate. This is breaking it's news. It's breaking know. news. Yeah. Exactly. The, the people need to know. Yes. We deserve yeah. to know. Yeah. And you're the man to bring it to us. I Matt. am the guy. I am it. There is no way you need to fill it with a hot young 20 something girl or guy. I'm the guy. When I'm the news breaks, yeah. Pat fixes it. Yeah. That's right. Ah, beautiful. And you, Josh, what are you doing? Nothing good. This Brian? Just yeah. <laughs> We're having a great time. You listening. cut the beard, which is good. It was getting a little Amish. It was it was awesome. It uh, was a little necky. I kind of missed it, yeah. I kind of miss it a little bit. You don't see a lot of people in 2021 with a neck beard. With a neck beard. Unless uh, you're Ryan Amish. Was, Ryan, Ryan or like of some sort it. of like Dutch religion. Yeah. Growing yeah. some kind of corn. Yeah. yeah. Was. I loved it. It was it was quite nice. It got to the point where I could see it. Yeah. And I'd never had that. In your that peripheral before. vision. I, yeah, I could. I never <laughs> you can had see that. your beard in your peripheral vision, you know. You let it get a little ungainly. Jer, what are you up to? Nothing. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep these wheels on the tracks, kids. Speaking so, of that, uh, if you figure that out, maybe you could bring the caboose inside. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. So it's a great night to break out the 116 proof. Trying to keep I the say we on try to get, we're halfway through the bottle. I'm not ready to to you know to shut it all down, but I got we got to say goodbye to the ladies and gentlemen. So M I C. Okay. See you real soon. Oh, do you have something to say, Ryan? Yeah, just uh, I wanted to see in in week. This could be a segment for uh, next week, or just take us to next week. Did we get any feedback on the bot, the mystery Dude, box? I'm so glad or... you brought that up. Yes, uh, yes, we did. And there has been an over, and I think this is going to make you very happy, Joss. There has been an overwhelming consensus: don't eat them. Oh, okay. I was very surprised, actually. Yeah. There has been an overwhelming consensus: do not eat them. To catch you up, Pat. Yeah. And this really quick because we've done it a couple well, podcasts. Pat's listen to everyone. Yeah, I'm sure you listen every week. No. <laughs> He, really quickly, Ryan received a package. He's tried to give it back to the post office three different times and put it back in the postal stream, and it keeps winding up on his porch. Unreal. And, and my address is the return address. 
but so, not my name. Nothing to do with it, right? So oh we God. appropriated it and have brought it here. We have asked legal counsel. We have put it to the people, and we asked, do you think whether or not we should open it? Adverse possession, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about, yeah. you know, uh, squatters' rights. Well, do we have a right to open this stuff? Like I tried. We we tried to give it back three, three, yeah, times. three times, and there's a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. It didn't cover statute of limitations, but you know, it was there's a long period of time there. Overwhelmingly, the the listenership so, asked yeah. us to open it. Yeah, you need to open it because there's forces at work possibly right. here. I mean, if you've seen so we opened yeah. it. Oh, okay. And what we discovered inside allegedly, right, allegedly for entertainment purposes sure. only, uh, we opened it. And what we found inside were pot gummies. In fact, I'll show you some. Very interesting. Um, triple vacuum sealed and inside a trash bag. From, were they from within the states they were, they were shipped, married to? Yeah, they were shipped from Anaheim because it had a tracking number. Okay. Shipped from Anaheim to Northern California, which is weird. That's what they look like. Because none of that's illegal. Within, so why would you ship that from Anaheim? It was a to box a, full of those to things. a Costa Mesa address to another city in California. It's not like you didn't move product anywhere. Do you need to dig in? Do you need to now open these? That's my question. Because um, this could be not well. That this could be so, something other than edible. So the secondary question was: We put back to the I listenership. Fruity. Now so. that we've opened these and we have discovered what is in this box, yeah. should we consume them? And the overwhelming response so far has been no. We shouldn't. They're worried for they're worried on our behalf. So thank you. They must be I, so strong. There could be laced stuff. I, I mean, mean they're they're fifty milligrams. And so, I just I wanna so say thank you to the ladies and gentlemen. Milligrams. Yeah. Out there. We call I call the listenership out there. I've, I've named them the, the lava lampers. So I wanna thank the lava lampers out there for, for, for looking out uh yeah. for our well being. Yeah. Uh, because we don't know. And and right. it, it shows that you care. I'm probably going to eat them anyway. <laughs> You're a monster. You're a machine. But I want you to know that I care that you care. All right? And I'll let you know on the other side. <laughs> okay? Anything else? No. No, but good. thanks for bringing yeah. that up because that is a thing. And, I, and they, they will, the people will want to know. Yeah. But, and, and so we, we heard you. Um, we will not be doing an episode where we consume those. No. Um, I'm going to flush them down the toilet in my mouth. Ooh, are you going to macerate them? Or, I'm going to masticate them, masticate. and then we'll be macerating them. I'm going to need you to bone up on your M-words, Joss, okay? Your multisyllabic M-words. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Whoa.